What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Lamp Life Podcast, where we apply the light of the word to all the life. I'm Brendan, sitting, not standing, here yeah. with... Yeah, not standing. Yeah. If you haven't figured out by now, I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. What's your What's your name again? Ed. Ed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I sound bored, I'm really not. It's just my general tone. Really? Yeah. You just sound boring all the time? That's what I've been told. Really? Unless I'm preaching. Who told you that? My, <laughs> my mother, but she's not around anymore. So Your mother said you sound boring? Yeah. yeah. She didn't like my singing voice either. Yeah. So, yeah. Can, are you going to sing for us? or? Is that- well... I could do solfege. Do you think people want to hear that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Do, re, mi, fa, so. Oh, is that what that is? Do, re, mi, re, do. Oh, that's beautiful, Ed. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you can do minor solfege. Do, re, mi, fa, so. Do, re, mi, re, do. You know, it's really funny to take old hymns and minorize them. Yeah. It's actually... I really like it, but there are people that would probably hate it. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Speaking of hate, how's your relationship with Siri going? Mm, do we have to talk about that? I mean, I'm just curious because yeah. it seems like you guys are on pretty hard times right now. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of examples. So I say to her, I'm not going to say it because she'll ding. You were just now, I mean, I'm not saying you were saying cuss words, but I think you were in your head. You you were just, no, now, you were just now laying no, into Siri pretty hard. No. Well, in my head. Just, well, yeah. I just admitted to that on air. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a sinner. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Well, um, so I'll give you one example uh, is that, I asked Siri to give me the distance from Syracuse, Utah to to Ogden, and it gave me the search results for a dog pen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not not what I want, lady. No. Yep. I, I mean, I don't know why... Like as tight as you and Siri are, because you uh, you talk to her all the time. I, I do. Just, okay, I, I'm surprised she doesn't understand you more. You yeah, know, that you, she, you, that you want like you guys have a real communication problem in your yeah, relationship. So you want to know something really ridiculous? Is I have the English keyboard on my phone, obviously, and then I also have a Spanish keyboard, a German keyboard, and a Japanese keyboard. Mm-hmm. I never have a problem. With Siri, if I speak Japanese into her, it always comes out wonderfully. But if I speak to her um, English, it doesn't matter what I say. She'll say something completely off the wall. You know what you ought to do? You ought to tell them the, the time I sent you that voicemail. Oh, I've got it right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it's still saved. This is July 3rd, 2021. Yeah, you treasure We're that. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary. Yeah. So, so you, you know <laughs> two how. Two years. You know how, yep. You know how uh, 
So if you have an iPhone, I'm sure Androids do this too, but it, if someone leaves you a voicemail, it gives you a transcription of the mm. voicemail. And it tells you how high or low the confidence is in the transcription. So this, this Ed leaves me a voicemail two years ago, and this says, transcription, low confidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully, That's me, low hopefully confidence. when people listen to you preach, they don't have that reaction. When, uh, not the FBC Provo. Oh, I that's heard. Low cop- well, that's because half our people are Texans. The other half are from other places in the world. That's right. <laughs> All right, but here, here you go. Here's how Siri uh, transcribed this voicemail mm. for me. Hey, brother, I hope you're doing well. Good so far. I just know that the baby. I uh, don't know what's going on. Just wanted to say, graduation. Love you, my friend, and hope that he's healthy and happy and all that stuff. I'm going to start playing pool. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, dear oh, listeners. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. There it is. Yeah. Well, the, the crickets also work. So yeah, yeah. Just so you know, dear listeners, I was neither high nor drunk. And if you listen to the voicemail, <laughs> if you speak English as your first language, I bet you can listen and understand. I bet if English is your second language, you can listen and understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But Siri, in all her infinite AI wisdom, thinks I play pool and talk about babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were talking about babies because we had just had Arlo. Oh, yeah. see, now I feel bad. Yeah. Okay. No, Arlo's, Arlo was born on July 2nd, so oh. you, you called the day after Arlo was born. You were trying to tell me congratulations. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the baby part was the only part that was accurate. Mm. Unless you were playing pool. And I was, I you would, felt the need to confess that to your new pastor. Yeah. And see, I was trying Ed to... Ed the pool shark. Well, Ed's, uh, you know, transcriptions may not be sufficient. But there is one thing that is sufficient. Mm. Oh, wrong one. Nope. Just I'm looking for this one. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I, I like the X Files theme or whatever it was. Yep, yep. Yep. But that's what we're talking about today is the sufficiency of scripture as we've been working through uh this introductory portion of the podcast. Again, we're just establishing why the scriptures are our authority why we go to them and trust them. And uh, yeah, this is basically just putting together generally an argument for sola scriptura. And so um, that's that's what we're doing here. And that's today right. we're, we're talking about the sufficiency of scripture. So if you've been with us thus far, you've heard us talk about the authority and purpose of scripture, the inerrancy and infallibility of scripture, the clarity of scripture. And now we're talking about the sufficiency of scripture. And those four categories are typically put together as kind of these fundamental <coughs> categories within a doctrine of scripture. So mm-hmm. we've got several other things we're going to talk about, but they're more subcategories versus the first four that we're covering right. being kind of the main categories that you tend to talk about when you are doing a doctrine of scripture. Right. And you can also think of these like a very intricate spider web. They're all interrelated, and they all affect one another. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's very important that that even though we're talking about these each of these on an individual basis, I hope you're also seeing, uh, dear ones, how each one of these affects the other. Yeah. So. Yep. Were you about to read from the 1689? Because I was about to do the same, if you uh, were. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you do it if that's where you were going. Yeah. 16, you got p- paragraph six? Yep. 1689 in the Texas accent. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read day uh, 1689. Mm. Straight from your horsey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith and life is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scripture under which nothing at any time is to be added whether by new revelation of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word. And there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church common to human actions and societies which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. That's good stuff. Yes, it is. So um, just a couple of other brief definitions for what the sufficiency of Scripture is, and then, uh, Ed, I'll turn it over to you to just make some general comments. Uh, comments and fill this mm-hmm. in a little bit. But first, we've got Matthew Barrett's definition. You're going to see some crossover a little bit between these. But uh, Matthew Barrett in his book, God's Word Alone, which we've referenced a few times on the pod so far, he writes this The sufficiency of Scripture means that all things necessary for salvation and for living the Christian life in obedience to God and for his glory are given to us in the Scriptures. Not only is the Bible our supreme authority, it is the authority that provides believers with all the truth they need for reconciliation with God and for following after Christ. Mm. So that's, uh, that's Barrett's definition. And then the other helpful one is uh, John Frames, and his is, his is really short and concise here uh, because in his chapter he's mostly working through the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is... Pr- I mean, I think verbatim the same as what we have here in the 1689 on this particular mm-hmm. uh, paragraph. But uh, here's, here's the way that Frame puts it. He says, my basic definition is this. Scripture contains all the divine words needed for any aspect of human life. Yep. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about the sufficiency of Scripture, that when it comes to everything that the believer needs to know, to glorify God, to honor Him, to live a life that's holy and pleasing to Him, and, uh, well, even preceding that, to know how to be saved. It's right. all contained in the Scriptures. That's ab- that's absolutely right. And, and when we say that that it's all contained in the Scriptures, it's also very important to understand what we're not saying. We are not advocating for a, for a you and your Bible out on the lake type of mentality where 
the only living creature around you are the birds and the cougars and mm-hmm. the, and the bigfoots and the whatever else. So, so this idea of of I don't need uh, anything but my Bible is not what we're saying. Um, there, there's an idea that's laid down very well in the Helvetic Confession of Faith where it has this idea of the preaching of the Word of God is mm-hmm. the Word of God. And it's not to say that when Pastor Brendan or I or Pastor Russ or uh, Pastor John Piper, whoever, uh, gets up to preach that their words are divine words, mm-hmm. but that in the communication of the message, we are using other words to explain and apply the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. So John Frame has this really good section on the application of Scripture where where he lays out a, a, a syllogism like this. So let's say that um, uh, fornication is a sin. So, so fornication is a sin. The, to lay with somebody other than your wife is wrong. Uh, therefore, to lay with your neighbor's wife is wrong. Just that type of idea, applying the principles of the Word of God mm-hmm. to the situation. The Helvetic Confession would say that is just as much the Word of God in the sense of the truths applied, but we no longer need more actual divine words. Yeah. So the Scripture is sufficient from, from Genesis to Revelation. The canon is closed. Uh, we don't need any more prophets or gurus or what have you we have everything we need for faith and godliness bound up in those divine words mm. yeah john john piper has a book that uh he came out with not too i think 2017 mm-hmm. uh it's titled a, a peculiar glory and he's looking at the scriptures seeing god's glory revealed in the scriptures and one of the points that he makes in that book which is a you know, a, a point that is often made in a doctrine of scripture context. But he makes the point that the divine power of scripture, the glory of scripture, um, the, you know, divine words of scripture, um, when we consider those, it's not that there is anything particularly divine about a word that's in the Bible. Um, you know, take, take any word that you have in the Bible. Let's mm-hmm. just say four, yep. F-O-R. Yep. So four is the word for, whether I'm using it in context with you or whether we see it down in our Bibles, it's the word for. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that's particularly special about that word because it's on the page of your Bible versus if it was you know written in an essay that I put right. into it. What makes the word unique and special and powerful is not the 
the word itself, it's the meaning of the right. scripture. And so as you put the, the ideas together by using these words, these right. divine words, it's what's being articulated in the ideas that is the sufficient, infallible, powerful word of God, right. if that's making sense. Yep. So, so what the preacher is doing in the application is drawing out that meaning which I think ties into some of the idea that you're getting at of how that could be considered the Word of God. It's not anything that the preacher is saying that it's the Word of God. Right. It's that he is seeking to accurately articulate the meaning of Scripture, and it's within that meaning that there is divine power right, right, and authority, right. And, uh, and it's what emits life into the soul. That's right. And that aspect of what we mean the Word of God true. Uh, transcends uh, one particular language as well. Mm-hmm. So, so like for for example, we have a Spanish-speaking church plant, as many of you know, Gracias sobre Gracia. And uh, when Joe gets up to preach, he, he preaches in Spanish, and and he is uh, reading words like para and pora, mm-hmm. which is the, essentially the the word for F O R in Spanish, they've got two different ways to say it. And when the same thing applies for him. Like the words poor and parta are not special in their wordiness, but they're special with within the divinely arranged context of God's word. Um, Brendan, I do wanna do this. I think it'll be helpful. I I gave a kind of an off-the-cuff example of the logic of application. I want to actually get that more correct. So mm-hmm. here's an example that Frame gives. He says, Adultery is wrong from Exodus 20, verse 14, number one. Number two, lust is adultery. You can see that in Matthew 5. 27 and 28. Number three, the logical conclusion of these two facts, therefore, lust is wrong. So you see the very art and craft of proclamation because you have the application of God's word. And it's in that application that the framers of the Helvetic Confession could say that Preaching of the Word of God is the Word of God. As long as a preacher is proclaiming rightly and dividing rightly the the Word of Truth, Mm -hmm. their Word is just as binding upon those believers hearing it. Those unbelievers hearing it have a divine command, the the vox Dei, the voice of God, Mm -hmm. telling them that they need to repent of their sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So does which, that make sense? Yeah, which I, th- I think that it's fair to say that on this point of sufficiency, this this is the whole aim of the podcast right. that, that we're, we're going after because our purpose here is to show how the Scripture is truly sufficient for all of life, for the believer to know uh, what it what it means to be saved, how that whole thing works out, and what it means to live faithfully yep. in life right now in the 21st century under the Lord. We want believers to see these aren't things that are just 
merely human traditions. Right. These are things that Christians believe and hold to and affirm because they're in the Bible. And that's so right. that's why our whole goal in the podcast, as we'll get to it once we get through this doctrine of Scripture, the whole goal is to is to dive into the Word and discover what the meaning of the Scriptures is. And then after we've discovered that meaning in its original context by studying the word together, we will apply it to 21st century life in the same way that frame is here. So when it comes to the sufficiency, the sufficiency of scripture, um, what's a, what's an example that we could come up with? Uh, you know, so, someone might say, what does the scripture have to do with, with my modern day um, anxiety attacks? Yep. What, what, like, what does it have to say to me? Right. Because the natural incon- inclination for everybody in our culture is going to be to say that for matters of mental health, you primarily, fundamentally, and only really need to go to a therapist. Right. And that therapist can be totally secular, um, not not believe the Bible at all. And in uh, in the modern-day way of thinking, somebody could think they'll have everything to say to me that needs to be said right. because all that can be handled in the professional field. Right. right. And what we want to insert and say is not that all therapy everywhere all the time is inherently evil and bad. That's not the point we're making. The point we're making is that what you really need, if you want to know how your soul is saved, if you want to know how you can gain freedom from anxiety, if you want to know where that anxiety is coming from and learn how to rightly discern it from the heart, then the only source that's going to be able to actually and rightly teach you what you need to know is the scriptures. That's right. And if you are in Christ, the scriptures are sufficient for you. And if you're not yet in Christ, the scriptures are sufficient to bring you to Christ. That's right. And to, um, you know, show you what faith, what, what your faith needs to be in um, and that, Lord willing, that would lead to the transformation of the soul, the clinging to these words, and then the sanctification process, that growth process that happens once we're in Christ um, to be more conformed into his image. And all of that happens by the scriptures, right? That's right. I, I really like to go back to paragraph 6 of the London Baptist Confession. What, what you really see is when you're talking about the the words of a holy God, you're really talking about his whole counsel. And, and that's what we see right at the very beginning of the paragraph 6. The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, first off, man's salvation, secondly, and then man's uh, life and sanctification, all, all of it can be either expressly set down or necessarily contained. So, in in other words, you will not find the words Trinity within the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And people that are super hardcore biblicists would have to say, well, I don't know if I can believe the Trinity because those words aren't in there. Mm-hmm if you're only going to use Bible words. But the concept of one God who is eternally three distinct persons, coexistent, co-eternal, 
uh, one essence, but three persons, all of what is contained to formulate the doctrine of the Holy Trinity is found in Scripture. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, too, it's important to make a note here that what we're not saying is that every bit of knowledge that you need for every minute detail of how you ought to live your life um, is in the Scriptures. Yeah. Um, we would say every divine word that you need yeah. to know in order to live faithfully unto the Lord is in the scriptures. But that doesn't mean that the Bible is going to teach you how to change your oil in your car. Right. Right. And, and that also means like, uh, I won't learn how a podgeturus function in resolving a one chord. Yeah. You know, with music theory, it's it's a subject that I love that I've never cracked open my Bible to learn about. Yep. So let me read a little bit more frame just on that idea here. He says, to say that Scripture is sufficient is not to deny that other things may also be necessary, other knowledge, other skills, mm-hmm. other things in life, right? We should always remember that the sufficiency of Scripture is a sufficiency of divine words. That's right. It is a sufficient source of such words. But we need more than divine words if we are to be saved and to live holy lives. In particular, we need the Spirit to illumine the Word if we are to understand it. So no one should object that the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture leaves no place for the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what role does the Holy Spirit play in this? Um is, is the Scripture sufficient apart from the Holy Spirit? Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the one that makes us alive and, and helps us to respond to the Word. The whole reason why the, we know that the Word never returns void is, is because the Word works in conjunction with the Spirit and the the word will either draw a person closer uh, to salvation, closer to be, bo- be, be being born again, or the, the word without the Holy Spirit will push that person away. Yeah. So if the Holy Spirit's not working, uh, the, the Holy Scripture's a judgment upon those whom... The, the Spirit of the Lord is not drawing. Mm-hmm. So, again, you see we're going back to the counsel of God, talking about the study of the Spirit and, and how the study of the Spirit is related to uh, every doctrine that we've talked about thus far with Scripture. Yeah. Yep. And if I could say this, Brother Brendan, to go back full circle back to preaching, it is oftentimes through preaching, although that's not the only means, it's either preaching through through a person or preaching to yourself via reading the Scriptures privately, that the Holy Spirit will oftentimes work on the heart of a person. Yeah. So it's yeah. all interconnected. That's right. We we rely on divine illumination. That's right. Um, we rely on the Spirit to to teach us, and uh, and the Spirit uses the words of Scripture to 
grow us in uh, in that righteousness that we we lack. <clears throat> yeah, not for our justification. Just to be clear, because of our context there. But. Right, right, and 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 I'll say this to uh, you guys that know me. I, I love to play brass instruments, and oftentimes, you know, we'll get the accusation thrown at us. Well, the the Bible doesn't teach you how to how to fix a car or or you know, in my case, play a brass instrument. It's like yes, but the the Bible was not meant to do those things. Mm-hmm. So so there are guardrails upon what we mean by sufficiency. Yeah, and and I would say maybe to even uh, take that a bit further. Yeah, um, the Bible does tell us how to fix a car or play a brass instrument when it comes to the divine words that we need in that task to mm-hmm. glorify God right. within it. So frame makes that point very yeah, clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when we fix our car, we ought to do it with all diligence. We ought to do it uh, you know, working hard, being attentive. Yep. You know, we ought we ought to glorify the Lord in that work. Right. And rejoice as we do it. We ought to have joy in the work and not not moan and groan. We ought to not be angry when things aren't going perfectly the way that we would like them to. We should be faith filled or and if you're patient talking, and or if you're talking to Siri and she doesn't get your That's right. That's right. right. That's right. So we do have all the divine words to tell us how we do those things, but we're not saying that there's um every minute detail right. of uh of you know, some of the things we need to know in order to learn the instrument or learn how to fix the car, which right. leads to kind of the last point that I think we ought to cover here, and that's the the difference between general revelation and special revelation, right? which we've talked about a little bit here. But uh, at the end of the paragraph 6 that we read in the 1689, it says, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church common to human actions and societies which are to be ordered by the light of nature mm-hmm. and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. Right. Help us understand exactly what's being said there right. Ed, that so, we've not already said. So I think about Romans 1, which which if you go back and read Romans 1, Romans 1, Paul essentially says that all men are without excuse because of creation. Uh, there's a general revelation through creation and even God's div- divine attributes uh, can be clearly perceived through nature, at least some of them, is invisibility. And you can go back and read that on your own time. There's a sense in which even what theologians have called natural theology that can be derived from nature. But when when you look at that text, that text does not teach that men can be saved from nature. There, there's not enough revelation, not enough theology there. The, one must go to the special revelation to get all the necessary aspects 
to know how to be saved. Mm-hmm. I think of a psalm like Psalm 19. I've heard one of my dear sweet pastor friends, Brother Doug, say uh, that psalm, Psalm 19, is is about the little book mm-hmm. and, the, and the big book. Excuse me, the big book and the little book. The big book saying that the heavens declare the glories of God. And then the little book that the psalmist talks about is the law, the commandments, the statutes. And it's really kind of a mini uh, Psalm 119 at that point. Well, like Psalm 119 is all about special uh, revelation. Uh, Psalm 19 uh, talks about the glories of creation and what they teach us about God, but it's not enough to save us. We need the special revelation of the little book, as Brother Doug would say. Essentially, creation reveals wonderful truths about God, but it's not enough to save us. We need the special revelation. We need missionaries that are sent out from local churches to preach and preach and preach and preach to people that haven't heard about the about the small book of God's special revelation. And all they have is the big book of God's nature. And then in their sin, in their de- depravity, they bow down to false demons instead of the one true living God as they suppress the truth and their unrighteousness. Yeah. So this even affects missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think just to make make the point uh, clear, not not that it hasn't been, it is clear. But um, there, by God's common grace, yep. there's a lot of light. <coughs> and truth that can be discovered because of general revelation. Mm-hmm. But that truth is not going to be sufficient to save. Right. So so do science, right? Study the human body. Right. Um, we're thankful for modern advances in medicine. We're thankful for uh, studies in neuroscience yep. and things like this. We want to understand how God has made us physically. We, we want to understand the world in which... We live, but all of that general revelation ultimately submits to special revelation in the sense that were anything or any claim being made about general revelation, because God's word is our final and complete and sufficient authority, yep. we're going to submit the to the truth of Scripture even if a claim is being made from studies according to the general revelation, you right. know, um, that something is wrong in the Bible, right? Right. And if that occurs, we submit to the Scripture. Right. And there have been instances where this has been the case again and again, mm-hmm. um, where you know claims have been made scientifically that, well, because of this, the Bible can't be true, and then we study more and more and more, and we start to realize that the science that was stated so clearly and, and surely actually wasn't as sure as was once, you know, articulated. Mm-hmm. And so there's always these shifting ideas within the general revelation. Uh, but in any case, the Christian submits to the scriptures and what That's it right. teaches and says on these final matters 
that are essential to life and salvation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I'll say one more thing in terms of just the general revelation and God's common grace. Paul gives us a catch-all verse for just living our daily lives that may not necessarily include spiritual things. He says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. And that that is so important that, that even as Brother Brendan was saying before, if you fix your car, do it in the attitude that the Scriptures would have you do it. If you play music, play to the glory of the triune God. Amen to that. I think that's about the time to put the put a bow on it. We out of time here. So yeah. anyway, next week, what transmission of scripture? Yeah, or, or I say next week. It'll be a few weeks, but yeah, it's when a, it comes out. It's the subject that I accidentally stood, studied for last time. Yeah, it's ready. Yeah. He's ready to go. So don't forget to add Brendan on Facebook. He loves your friendship. Isn't yeah. that just so much fun? Yes, it is. More than you can know. You're more fun than Siri. You understand me. She doesn't. That's true. Yeah, she never I, I understands understand you, me. Ed, most of the time. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening. We will see y'all next time. God bless you all.